He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hey, this is Dick Morris on the Dick Morris Show. Here with Doug DePiro. Hey, Dick. How you doing? Hey, doing good. Hey, Doug, what do you think of this renaming of the Redskins, Washington Redskins football team? I think they're calling them the Washington Commanders. I, th- I think you're pronouncing that wrong. Uh-huh. It's uh, Washington Commies. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So instead, <laughs> instead of the Jets, the Mets, the Yankees, it's the Washington Commies. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Washington Commies. They are. You know, everybody here is is pining with unrequited love because we want Donald Trump back. How I wish, how I wish you were here. We're just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl year after year. Running over the same old ground. What have we found? Wish you were here, Donald. Oh, Absolutely. And let's enumerate why. Uh, under Donald Trump, there was no inflation. Now it's eating us alive. Under Donald Trump, certainly before George Floyd was killed, uh, there wasn't much crime. Now there's an epidemic of shooting and killing police officers. Under Donald Trump, the border was sealed. There was no more illegal immigration. A problem that was solved, ended, solved. And now it's back worse than ever. Two million a year coming over. Horrible. Under Donald Trump, Russia was tamed and disciplined and behaved themselves. Now they're threatening to invade Ukraine and after that Poland and God knows what else. Under Donald Trump, China was on its back feet, peddling back uh, on the defensive. Their economy was in the tank because of the sanctions that Trump had imposed. And now they're back with imperialism and threatening Taiwan and uh, ducking responsibility for COVID. Whereas if Donald Trump were there, they'd be talking about reparations against China for COVID. Mm. Under Trump, we had energy independence, a goal that was set for this country uh, by President Nixon back in the 1970s. And now we have it, and now we've lost it. And instead, we're dependent on solar energy and wind energy, which is a problem if it's not sunny and the wind isn't blowing, (laughs) and is a problem in any case because it can only be run with rare earth minerals that power the solar and the wind turbine batteries. And China's the producer. So we've swapped dependence on oil from sheiks to dependence on rare earth minerals from China. Under Trump, elections were... Assumed they were completely, they were honest. We waited for the results. We saw what they were, and that's who won the election. Uh, now, uh, with mail-in votings and no excuse absentee voting and no photo ID and uh, no signature verification, elections are just the beginning of the story. And we have to wait for a month to find out who really won, and even then we doubt it. Trade, we had a positive balance of trade. We had erased three-quarters of our trade deficit with China. Now it's back, 
and sapping our country. Uh, under Trump, median household income, I'm a stat geek, and medium household income is half or above it, half or below it, and it's adjusted for inflation. In the years of the Obama presidency, all eight years of it, the total change in adjusted gross income in the United States was that it rose by about $2,000 a year. It dropped in the recession, and then it rose at the end. Under Trump, in three years, it rose by $6,000. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And now under Biden, it's down again. And minority incomes, same thing. So, boy, we wish you were here. Wish you were here, too, but you're not. So why don't you call me? At least you could do is call. <laughs> uh, I'm at <laughs> I'm at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. You never call. You never write. You don't write. Dad. You don't call. Come yeah. on. Okay. And election fraud has become widespread it's the norm now and an election is only the very very beginning of the story and we hear donald trump saying and boy we sympathize with him Hope he's listening. We love you. You love now, Donald. We love you. And uh, I know you've been cheated. I know you've been pushed around. I know you've been lied to and the whole bit. But you are going to be back. Yes. Uh, Yesterday on my TV show on Newsmax, I interviewed a guy named Dave White, who's running for governor of Pennsylvania. And he's now the front runner in the race. And he uh, he's, a, he's not a college graduate. He's a pipe fitter who's been a pipe fitter in his family for three generations. He went to high school and broke school, and that's it. And he stands up there and he says, this last election was stolen. The paper ballots, the, the mail-in votes, the absentee votes, the lack of signature verification, the lack of photo identification – They're exiling the Republican vote inspectors to another room or to a far corner of the room where it was Mm. being counted. These all were part and parcel of stealing this election. And uh, this election has absolutely been stolen. And he said that as governor of Pennsylvania, he's going to make sure that does not happen in 2022 or 2024. Now, he's running this year for governor. And the other candidates in the Republican primary in Pennsylvania are are all pussyfooting around this issue. One of them is a guy who's the head of the state Senate named uh, Jake Corman. And he says, oh, we should audit the results. But, quote, I don't want to relitigate 2020. Well, White says, I want to relitigate. I want to find out who stole the votes, who packed the ballot box, who emptied those drop boxes, who dumped off the ballots in the middle of the night? And I want names and I want prosecutions. Good for him. And the U.S. attorney who's also running, McSwain, he was Trump's appointee as U.S. attorney. But then he turned around and did absolutely nothing with the ballot fraud that happened that absolutely cost Trump the presidency unjustifiably. 
and he wrote that he wanted to, but Attorney General Bill Barr, in charge of the Justice Department, told him not to. So he meekly obeyed those orders. I'll tell you something. There is a new move in the Republican Party. You look at this guy, Barr, who was elected in New Jersey, who's a a high school graduate, never been to college, and he defeated the most powerful leader of the state Senate in New Jersey. Now you see Dave White, a blue-collar guy who works with his hands as a pipe fitter for 30 years, built a huge pipe fitting business, 80 million bucks, and he's putting 20 of it into getting elected governor, but but, because he's not a politician. But there is a resurgence of blue-collar vote and leaders in the Republican Party. And those blue-collar voters aren't just sitting back and saying, we'll vote for whoever the establishment nominates. They're saying, we want one of our own in office. We don't want to sit there and vote for new politicians who went to Yale and Harvard and Yale Law School. Mm. Uh, We want to vote for blue-collar candidates that know what it's like to work with their hands, know what it's like to meet a payroll, know what it's like to meet to live till the end of the week off your paycheck. And uh, this guy's doing it, and he's really changing it. And he's going to make sure that this election was honest, will be honest in 2024. So there is hope on the horizon. There and he's a real stuff, gentleman. He's a real gentleman, coming. that guy. What's the last time you looked at your IRA or your 401k? Um, if you don't want to sleep at night, look at it right before you go to bed. What you'll find is that, first of all, any earnings that you've made have been wiped out by inflation. Elton John described your investment portfolio better than I could. It's probably too low for zero because whatever it went up by, inflation is taken away. And even if inflation didn't take, whatever inflation didn't take away, the administrative fees you're paying have taken it away. Uh, you pay 2 and 3% a year for the privilege of seeing them, of your money dropping because of inflation. Well, the Patriot Gold Group is based on gold, not on currency. So you don't, you don't see it whittling away because God stopped making gold, so it's no inflation. And secondly, there is no storage fee, no transfer fee, no commissions, no, no fees of any kind, no fee for life IRA. So call the Patriot Gold Group. Simply on those things, you'll be ahead of the game. And if gold goes up, so much the better. Call them at 800-356-4470. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Biden's negotiations with Iran have reached a delicate stage where Iran is articulating its needs and its demands. And let me give you an indication of what they are. This translation from Arabic and <laughs> to, uh, to English by Barrett Strong, money is what they want. And Joe Biden is giving it to him. 
It is unbelievable. It is incredible. This should be the lead headline in the world. Everybody should be talking about it. Instead, it's buried yeah. on page umpteen X. Yeah. Uh, Biden has just handed Iran everything they want in the negotiations in return for nothing, absolutely nothing, no commitments by Iran, not even a commitment to return to the negotiating table, none. He's giving them $28 billion, which is in foreign bank accounts around the world that have been frozen because of Iran's sponsorship of terror activities and to a failure to comply with non-proliferation orders. A lot of terrorists are going that. He is, they, he's, he's opening the door, the bank door. They can come in and take out $28 billion tomorrow morning. Wow. Secondly, there was an oil embargo imposed on Iran by Donald Trump, which crippled their economy and which came within inches of forcing the concessions that we needed from Iran. If Trump had won that election... Trump, the votes had been counted honestly, and Trump had won the election. Mm. Iran would have caved immediately. They were just hoping and praying that Biden would come in and that they wouldn't have to give up. But they, the sanctions, the oil sanctions were killing them. They were crippling them. Uh, their, their GDP in, in Iran had dropped by almost a third since Trump imposed those wow. sanctions. So almost a third. Wow. Uh, and the, the currency was inflated to the sky. Earnings were way down. The people were in a foul, ugly mood. Uh, the, there was revolution in the air. And uh, now it's all gone. And Biden has just lifted the oil embargo. They can sell as much oil as they bloody well please. Now, Iran used to produce about 4 million barrels a day of oil. Now it's down to, it would be... Now it's down to one because nobody wants to buy it. But it'll go up to four or five million barrels. So you do the math. It's about 100 bucks a barrel a day. So they're going to get about $100 million a day from this decision by Biden. That works out to $36 billion a year and $28 billion from their bank accounts around the world. The Ayatollah is flush with money. He's and dancing in the streets. He's dancing in the street. He is. No, he's, they don't allow dancing in anyway. Oh, no, no dancing? No, no dancing. Oh, oh, Particularly not in the jump. streets. No. <laughs> and, Forget and, about it. Yeah. And um, he's absolutely <laughs> giving them everything they want. And then, you know, we've talked about the SWIFT banking system, mm. about cutting Russia off from the SWIFT system. Well, Trump already cut Iran off from the SWIFT system. And Joe Biden lifted that restriction today. He said, you're welcome to go into it. So the three big clubs we had to beat Iran into uh, submitting to the international law and will, their frozen bank accounts, the oil embargo, and access to the SWIFT system, he has just completely given it away. What's the motivation? Uh, I can't tell. I can't tell. I have no idea. I mean... If you don't know. Yeah. I mean, I can't even speculate on what the motivation is. Wow. Uh, you you know, don't know nobody. I, I don't know. Ser- search me. <laughs> um, let's go to uh, let's go to a, a caller named Muncie. Is it Muncie or is he living in Muncie, New Jersey? Hi. How are you doing? Yes. Hi. It's Muncie. Thank you, Muncie, Dick. Muncie. Okay. Uh, did they name Muncie after you? 
<laughs> Muncie, <laughs> no, Indiana. Great transmission. No, there's Muncie, New Jersey, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I agree with you. We have to get Biden out of office. But unless we have our elections in a way which are fair and they're actually not stolen from us, uh, how can we succeed in that? I mean, the everybody way, agrees. Yes, the way we, we do voted it, in New Jersey. The way we do it is we learn a lesson from the Democrats. They realized it goes back to 2000, frankly, when Bush v. Gore, the Democrats said we lost that election because Governor Jeb Bush paid off his brother and, uh, and and delivered the election to him. And that wasn't true, but it became mythology in the Democratic Party. So they decided in 2018 they would win all of the state offices they could. Everybody was focusing on who would control Congress and who wouldn't and so on. But that's not what they worked on. They put their money into elections for governor and for secretary of state in all of the swing states. So while most of those states, all of the states I'm about to name, had Republican legislatures, they elected Democratic governors in North Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and um, and uh, and Georgia, and not not Georgia. Uh, I'm sorry, those four states, and they those Democratic governors and their Democratic secretaries of state were elected for one purpose only: to steal the presidential election two week, two years later. And when COVID struck and they were able to say, oh, now it has to be paper ballots because you'll die if you go to the polls. <clears throat> By the way, 80 million people voted in person. There was no uptick in COVID deaths at all. So it was total fraud, but that's what they did. And we have got to take a page from their playbook and win these governor's elections. Uh, the first primaries of 2024 are not going to be New Hampshire and South Carolina and Nevada and Iowa. They're going to be Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and um, and Pennsylvania. Those are the five primaries. Those are the five elections in 22 we have to win. The way to stop election fraud is to control the process. And if we win those, we will win this election. So <clears throat> instead of complaining about it or worrying about it, right. get involved. Send money, even though you don't live there. You live in New York, but New York doesn't mean anything in an election. It's yeah. going to go Democrat. But Pennsylvania does, and Wisconsin, and Michigan, and Georgia uh, all mean a great deal in North Carolina in deciding who the president will be. So find yourself a candidate in those races. I'll help by recommending some. And send them money, maybe even volunteer to make phone calls. Hell, you should even go down there and work there on election. It won't snow. This is great information, of course. And, uh, we have to understand that the way to prevent ballot fraud is to win these gubernatorial and secretary of state elections. Let's go to Alex in Stanford. Hey, Alex. Hey there. I'm a, I'm a lawyer in New York City. I uh, voted for Trump in 16 and 20, and I'm a criminal defense lawyer in the city. I also teach a course on constitutional law at UConn, and I've looked at all this uh, supposed evidence that was brought forward by Giuliani and the various attorneys representing Trump. There's nothing that I've seen that allocates or, uh, you know, adds up to any kind of uh, amount of fraud or stolen election that 
Trump was talking about, and I'm, you know, I've I've certainly seen cases from other countries, and I've done those in states, uh, you know, case studies in classes with my kids. Uh, this whole concept that the election was stolen from Trump, you're, it's 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 basically the kind of the, the stake through the heart of the Republican Party. As long as Trump and you and other people continue this fallacy, of which there's no proof, you know, verifiable proof in a court of law, and this was thrown out over numerous, I read numerous case, uh, cases that it was thrown out for, for cause because there was no, you know, even the attorneys that uh, represented Trump never actually used the word, uh, you know, stolen. Okay, or I've let you go on for a while. It. Now let me give you a rebuttal. Uh, First of all, the issue of ballot fraud was never reviewed, as you know as a lawyer, by a trial court. The uh, state courts never reviewed them. There was never a special master appointed in any of these states to review the election results and to determine whether they were stolen or not. And what was necessary was a special master with administrative powers and a large budget to go through this piece by piece and come up with uh, and come up with a finding about this election that never happened. The only litigation was on appeal to the federal courts, which lacked the primary jurisdiction. They could have ruled on the law after the state courts ruled on the facts, but no state court adjudicated the fact. No state court even accepted uh, the accepted a case to adjudicate the facts, and instead they just went around and declared the, the election fine. And uh, the Democrats trumpeted, just like you did, that no fraud was found. Okay, having done that, there was one state where there was an audit, and that's in Arizona, where it was commissioned by the state legislature. They, because again of limited budget and also the Democrats fought to deny them subpoena power, they found in a sample of about 10% of the ballots cast in Maricopa County, the largest county, that there were thirty or 40,000 ballots that were cast by people that don't live there, by people who are not registered, by people who signed their addresses as a post office box. One signed at the YMCA. Uh, people who, ballots that had no signatures whatsoever, they found about 5,000 ballots that were duplicates, where they were counted twice. They found about a 1,000 ballots of people who were dead, and they found all of this stuff and referred it to their attorney general for prosecution, and that's where it stands now. But And what is needed, not just as prosecution, but a forensic audit where you actually go and knock on doors and say, hello, Mr. Wilson, did you vote in the election? And uh, the legislature has not authorized that, and the Democrats have gone to court to try to stop it from happening, claiming that if that happens, it'll have a prejudicial effect on voting in the future and be chilling uh, and suppressing turnout. But the Arizona audit clearly indicates that there was a very substantial incidence of fraud in Arizona. And then you have the mega cases. It can take a little while to answer your question here. In Pennsylvania, the Supreme, the law says you can cast your ballots within three days of the election. The Supreme Court ruled that that was unconstitutional, and they but then but gave 
Pennsylvania permission to go ahead for three days uh, because they had already done so. Instead, Pennsylvania did it for six days, and hundreds of thousands of ballots were cast that were not legal under the Supreme Court decision. Uh, In Michigan, the Secretary of State changed the voting rules uh, and said that there should be a presumption that the vote is valid if the signature is illegible or if you can't find it. Michigan Supreme Court said that. And the and the but the problem is the ruling came down five months after Election Day. So check your facts, uh, Alex, before you call in. But I do thank you for calling in. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Let's switch back here to New York City. Um, I had a fight the other day with uh, the owner of the station, John Katsimatidis. It was a nice fight, and John's a good guy. But he said that he's going to give Eric Adams a chance. He said, give him three months. It's only fair to see if he screws up. And I said, he's already screwed up. He's already screwed up beyond redemption. Because on the first day in office, the first day... He gave away the store. He literally gave everything away to the Democrats and made sure that a Republican will never win the city of New York in an election again. No more John Lindsay's, no more LaGuardia's, no more Bloomberg's, no more Giuliani's. There will never be another Republican mayor of New York or a Republican majority on the city council. Because he said that he's going to – he signed – he allowed a bill to become law without his signature, but that's a cop-out. He let it become law, saying that up to one million illegal immigrants could vote in elections in New York City, only municipal elections. Now, that completely ends the Republican Party. Close down your headquarters. Go home. Uh, you don't have a prayer anymore of winning any election because they're stuffing the ballot box legally – with illegal immigrants who are coming in and voting. And what the effect of this on New York is going to be a disaster. This used to be my playground. This used to be my childhood dream. This used to be the place I ran to. I mean, that's how we all feel about New York. in my playground. You know, my playground. I mean, I, there's no place on earth that had the concentration of highly educated people and wealthy people and single people with plenty of time on their hands. Hey. The demographics were incredible before, this, before the deformity of COVID and, and the political changes in New York happened and the crime. The island Manhattan was 60% single single men and single women. So, you know, where do you go for dates? Manhattan. Mm. Uh, the uh, the educational level was incredible. Nationally, 28% of the American population are four-year college graduates. On the island of Manhattan, it was 58%. Wow. Nationally, about 17% of the country have postgraduate degrees. In Manhattan, it was one-third. So you had educated people... Uh, with plenty of time and money, the median household income in the United States is $60,000. The, 
The median household income on the island of Manhattan is $110,000. So they had money, they had time, and they were unattached, and they had educational levels where they would go to theater, they would go to museums, they would go every place. And that spawned basically Athens. I mean, you have to go back to 5th century B.C. in Greece to understand what happens when you have that critical mass of unbelievable intellect, education, and money, and available time, uh, and what culture that spawns. All of the great Greek playwrights, uh, the Parthenon, the Acropolis, all of the great architecture, all came within basically about 70 years of in the 5th century B.C. under the leadership of Pericles. And now we had that in New York City. That's what Manhattan was. And the rest of the boroughs lived off that, participated in it, played it. It was their playground, too. And now that is gone. And it's gone because of de Blasio and his policies and the totally unnecessary lockdowns with COVID. The uh, university, Johns Hopkins University, Johns Hopkins Medical School in, in Maryland, which is pretty authoritative, did the definitive study and found that the lockdowns had no effect, no effect in reducing deaths from COVID. They quantified it. They said the effect is two-tenths of 1% uh, of the deaths could have been prevented. So out of 1,000 deaths, two were prevented. And, and, and all of these lockdowns, all of these closures, Broadway being decimated, Lincoln Center damn near not existing anymore, uh, the uh, the museums having skeleton crews and large wings closed. Uh, no plays on Broadway, zero. And damn few off-Broadway or off-off-Broadway. All the casualty from overreaction to COVID and this insane philosophy of lockdown, where what you should have done is to emphasize treatment by monoclonal antibodies and, and even uh, mexichlorophene or whatever it was, that Trump was pushing, and all of these other remedies they're now discrediting, which are credible, which have proven to save lives, and develop the vaccine. And once you had a vaccine coming, what do you need lockdowns for? But it destroyed New York City. And now we know that the destruction is going to continue. The mayoral race we all looked for as being our salvation. And Eric Adams, who said all the right things about We'll talk next about stop and frisk and other strategies to deal with crime. A whole lot of hopeful things that he said. And in the first couple of hours of his mayoralty, he ditched it all. He threw it all away by opening the electorate to one million people who proved their bona fides to be voters by breaking our laws and coming here illegally. He literally opened the floodgates to Democratic votes. So forget about it. Forget about this. This used to be my playground, but now it ain't. It was Mm. a nice playground. I loved it, too. My backyard. Uh, Let's go to uh, Larry in Brooklyn. Hey, Larry. You've called in before. Good to have you. Yes. Um, You know, I want to say that, um, you know, I was listening to Dr. Oz this morning on a a talk show, and um, he was waxing on a long theory about how the left, uh, the reason the left is doing what they're doing is because of patriarchy. And I'm saying... 
Look at these ridiculous. Well, I love Doctor Oz, but these convoluted theories. I I hearken back to your your opening about Donald Trump. He said the simple truth: people hated him because he was a man of few words. He wasn't eloquent, and he wasn't. He didn't go on and and, right. and, and you know and ramble. But, but tell me but, about and, the patriarchy that Oz was talking about. Yes, he's saying the reason. The, the, he's saying because we have a patriarch in this country, um, the family. This that. The left has to have something to rebel against, and uh, it's the it's the it's the notion of patriarchy. It, it sounds yeah, like it's, it's right it's out. Funny, of- it's funny that funny that he said that, and you called, and thank you for calling. Uh, I've just been doing some research that indicates the precise opposite. I had a conversation with a guy I want to have on the show named Conrad Tillard, who is uh, a pastor, guy. smart guy, great, great guy, guy, brilliant guy. A black pastor who's in his 60s, who now is head of a church in Bed-Stuy and used to be in Roxbury and south side of Chicago and has made all the rounds. And he's a real political genius. And he said to me that the big thing that's happening now in the African-American community, particularly among the educated elites, is that white black men and black women are – at odds with each other because black women get all of the advantages under affirmative action where they're twofers. They get preference for being black and for being women under federal programs, set asides, the whole bit, and black men get nothing. And one of the things that makes this very evident is Joe Biden said, not that I'm going to appoint a black to the Supreme Court. I'm going to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. So with this, there will now be four women out of nine on the Supreme Court, and only one black man, and he's a Republican who probably doesn't, who while I like him, he probably doesn't speak for large segments of the black community. And it shows the bias of the Democratic Party. And that bias has been reinforced now by the extreme left. You read the BLM agenda, and they oppose the nuclear family. Their goal is to get rid of black fathers, to get rid of the, the patriarchy uh, and set up a matriarchy instead. Pat Moynihan taught us all years ago that the reason black poverty was increasing in crime and everything else was family dysfunction. There were no fathers. There was single family, single parent households made half the money of two parent households and the kids have no male role model. And everybody said, okay, what we should do now is let's, educate black fathers better, let's do social outreach to them, let's strengthen them. Now what the left is saying, throw them overboard, who gives a damn? <laughs> Heather has two mommies. Uh, who cares about what the black father does? <laughs> replace them, replace them. Just get a second black mother in there. And blacks are learning that lesson. Uh, in the last poll I just did, 14% of the black men said that we're Republican. Only 5% of black women said that. And Trump won three times the vote of black men that he won of black women. So the black community, the African-American community, is getting it that the social agenda of the extreme left, the BLM and Antifa agenda, marginalizes them and says that we don't need men. We need women, men to become women and win sports uh, we need to have gender change surgery available. We need to have affirmative action only aimed at women, not at men. And it is replacing, and the LGBT community 
has completely taken over this process. So the goal is not to help black men. It's to sideline them and give black women the big advantage. And I think that that offers a political opportunity, too, because I think it clearly is is demonstrating the failure of this left agenda to meet the real needs of the black community. Now, um, the uh, have you? I'm sorry, just I was on a rant there, so I got to recover. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Have you checked your IRA, your 401k lately? Uh, this is the biggest fraud there is. They send you these statements every month, and you hang on the price of gold. When it goes up, you're in good shape. When it goes down, you're not. If the stock market goes up, your mutual fund looks rosy. If it goes down, it looks dour. But you don't stop to realize the amount that's taken out by administrative costs, by commissions, by storage fees, shipment fees in the case of gold, uh, and all of those administrative costs. So that by the time you, z- you net that out, you're not doing very well at all. Now, because of the economy going into a mode of incredible inflation, most likely followed by unbelievable recession, uh, all of the forecasters are predicting $2,000 gold. Bloomberg even says $3,000 gold. So call the Patriot Gold, and, and without administrative fees, with their no fee for life IRA, you keep the money. You don't pay it to the uh, to the administrators. So call eight hundred three five six forty four seventy Patriot Gold Group eight hundred three five six four four seven zero eight hundred three five six forty four seventy. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors. In the world. And they made 56% of their profits in the third quarter of last year by selling the vaccine. 56%. All the other products they produce were less than half. So they naturally want to promote this vaccine, even to a point of endangering children by giving them the vaccine when there is no data that shows children are at serious risk from the Omicron virus, and where there is no experiential data that says this stuff is safe for them. It's outrageous. It's beyond outrageous. Thanks for calling, Robert. Now, yeah, Dick, I, I saw a funny cartoon. Guy's looking out the window, called, calls 911, and said, I want to report this people outside that aren't living in fear. <laughs> right. I thought you could say you weren't masked. Um, They're not living in fear. Yeah. The other day I was on an elevator, and this guy has a... Not a mask on, but a bandana covering his mouth and nose. I said, are you here to the bank or are you being healthy? That was funny. <laughs> Looked just like it. So the, the the other thing I want to talk about today is stop and frisk. The only way to stop police killings in America is to bring back stop and frisk. The only way to stop police killings in America is to bring back stop and frisk. Stop, search, and question. Yeah, okay. Or whatever. The reason stop and frisk was ended after it had reduced homicides by 75%. Wow. Reduction in homicides because of stop and frisk. Rudy. The reason the courts threw it out, Rudy and Bloomberg, the reason the courts threw it out is they held that telling a guy, okay, put your hands on the wall or your hands on your car, I'm going to frisk you, go through your pockets, and empty your pockets, and I'm going to make sure you don't have a gun. 
They said that level of search is really intrusive, which obviously it is. And for that level of intrusive search, it either has to be incident to an arrest, which is not. You need probable cause for the arrest and the search. You don't have it for either or there's a crime in progress or something like that. For stop and frisk, it's unconstitutionally intrusive. Okay, I accept that. But we don't need to do that anymore. When you go into the airport, do they stop you and frisk you? No, they wand you. You go through a metal detector, and if that isn't working, they wand you with a wand. They take it on the outside of your body. They never touch you, and they want to see if anything, if you're carrying metal. If you are, the wand goes off, and that's probable cause. At that point, they have the right to make you empty your pockets and your shoes and get undressed and take off your hat and do everything else until they find what's causing that metallic sound on the wanding. And that should be the policy, stop and frisk. Okay, stop stop question and search. But the main thing here is use this technology. And uh, it would solve this problem, like overnight. Uh, It would literally bring it down as it did uh, back under the Giuliani and Bloomberg administrations. Now, this was done because it was killed because they said it disproportionately affects non-white people. Yeah, it does. I think 80% of the arrests were of non-whites. Okay, but 80% of the dead bodies on the street were non-whites. And 80, actually more, 95. Wow. And 90% of the the, uh, culprits, of the criminals, were non-white. And maybe we got that wrong. Maybe we're arresting too many black people. But when the dead bodies are all black and there's very little interracial crime of murder... It's pretty likely that those that we were stopping the right people. And in any case, you don't search them unless there's a unless the buzzer goes off. The only inconvenience they'll have is they have to stand still and let you run the wand over them. And you know on TSA and getting into the airports, that takes about twelve seconds for them to do, maybe thirty. Uh, that is not a great inconvenience. And you find somebody walking around with a bulge in their pocket. At three in the morning, on in the middle of Harlem, what are you going to do? A bed sty. That's at least reasonable to search them. I don't mean pat them down. I don't mean hands up on the wall. I mean wand them, and if it goes off, that gives you grounds for this. So we should stop looking at all of these crimes about that, and we should focus instead on stop and frisk. So maybe you don't stop them because I really love you. <laughs> maybe you stop them because I really love the people of New York and I don't want them to be, to be shot by you. But still, hey, the song works. <laughs> yeah, this is our party. Yeah. Sunday morning party. So, uh, so bring back Stop and Frisk uh, and, and reform it so it's not up against the wall. Uh, it's not up against your car. It's getting probable cause by using technology. By the way, it should be possible at this point pretty soon, maybe even as now, to uh, wand somebody from a distance right, right, to shoot right, right. Uh, beams at them and see if they're carrying. I think Ray Kelly mentioned that. Yeah, he did. And and civil libertarians say, oh, oh, taking it without his knowledge. Well, you can't tell when you're driving a car if you're being radar detected, if your radar is right. being, your oh, speed's yeah, being good. checked on radar. 
Why should you have that security when you're walking the street potentially carrying a gun? Good. Good what example. can happen now is it could be just routine. Every single person, black, white, or green, that walks along the street is being photographed right now. Yeah, we have cameras every place. And being infrared photographed to see if they're carrying. And if they are, if there's a bulge there or a metal thing there, then wand them. And if it goes off, then search them. And then if they're carrying a loaded firearm in New York, arrest them and sentence them to a mandatory minimum sentence of three years, which is what we had done before. Remember that great football player for the Giants? I forget his name. But uh, he was carried. He was convicted of yes. carrying a loaded weapon in a bar. And he didn't even realize that he had it on, he said. Mm. Uh, but he's the star of the Giants lineup. They haven't had a decent secondary since then. <laughs> and uh, and he went to jail, and, and it screwed up the whole Giant decade. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Giants. But, yeah. Uh, but that's what they need to do. So today we talked about a series of outrages. The big one is that we have lifted our sanctions against Iran. Uh, we are letting them access $28 billion stored in the world's banks that Trump cut them off from, said you couldn't get your hands on it, and now they can take it out of the bank. Secondly, they are now part of the swift system of international banking. They can use their money any way they want. They can wire it. They can keep it. They can make money from it. They can invest it. Gigantic change. The SWIFT is so significant a thing that when it when the administration threatened to cut it off from Russia in protest against Ukraine, the Russian foreign minister said that is tantamount to a declaration of war. And we have just reconnected Iran with the SWIFT system. And finally, the thing that brought Iran to its knees and to the bargaining table and they were within within a couple of weeks, I think, of caving in. They just wanted to make sure that Trump got reelected uh, so that they knew they had to give in because they knew with Biden there'd be no need for them to give in. But Trump was, was not elected, and now the oil embargo, which brought about that, has been lifted by Joe Biden. Just lifted. Uh, go ahead. Be my guest. No sense whatsoever. And we talked about the perennial topic here of election fraud. And I made the point that I think is crucial here, that you have got to win the gubernatorial and secretary of state elections around the country. There's a bias of political pundits. All they talk about is the Senate and the House races because they're based in Washington. If the Democrats or Republicans control the House and the Senate, it's a big deal. And that's what they're all focusing on. Or – they're focusing on trial heats in the presidential race. And that's all interesting. I read that and I mainline it. But what I want to know about is what are you doing about winning the governorships in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, and North Carolina? If you're going to lose those governorships like you did in 2018, forget about 2024. It's got nothing to do with who's popular and who's not. They'll steal the damn election again because the way they won the election of 2020 was to win the elections of 2018. And even in states with a Republican legislature like Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina, they elected Democratic governors who propagated the election fraud that resulted in stealing all those states except 
they fell short in North Carolina. Just incredible. So we are entering an era where the 1970s are back, uh, the late 70s, the early 80s, the era of high inflation. It's back. And we learned then that there was only one answer to inflation, and that was recession. Inflation is too much money out there being spent on too few goods. So what you do is you sock, you soak up the money. And you do that by raising interest rates. And they went as high as 20% in 1979 and 1980 and 81. And there were no more car loans. There were no more mortgages. Nobody bought anything on credit because the rates were just outrageous. And the economy crashed, fell to a standstill. Uh, Unemployment jumped up to 10% from like 3%. and, uh, and, And the economy just completely fell apart. That's coming soon to this neighborhood. It's the inevitable consequence of Biden's policies. Trump did this incredible job of balancing like a tightrope walker on a, on a high tightrope with a barbell in his hands between inflation on the one hand and unemployment on the other. And he got the balance just exactly right with the help, by the way, of um, of the uh, of, of the, the guy. What's the name of the guy who? is the, the host here earlier who was in Trump administration. Uh, Cudlow? Cudlow, yeah, Larry Cudlow. Mm-hmm. Cudlow steered it and Trump executed it. And they had a balance between the two. Now that balance is thrown out of kilter wow. by spending billions and trillions of dollars and soaking the economy with money. And the only way to get that back is a recession. So invest in gold. Uh, that's the only community you have from recession. It's the only way that you can be sure in a recession that your savings are protected and in inflation that they do not get whittled away by inflation. Patriot Gold Group, a no-fee-for-life IRA at 800-356-4470. That's 800-356-4470. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 